Good evening, everyone. So I'll call the regular meeting of the Town Council to order on August 26th at 5 p.m. We have the agenda in front of us, and uh, uh, Ms. Bell, any additions, deletions? Uh, yes, Your Worship. There is one addition for this evening. Um, request for decision under new business for council facility tours. And in addition, oh, sorry, I'm getting preemptive. No, no. Uh, deletion wise, uh, we would like to, administration would like to delete item number one on the closed session. Yes, item number one. Okay, and um, I don't know if uh, already was changed, but um, the information item. Um, 10-1, the Intermunicipal Development Plan Referral for Northern Sunrise, I think has been moved to new business item four, just because it fit. That's your, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, um, anything further then? No? Okay, would someone care to move the acceptance of the agenda as amended? Mr. Good, thank you. All those in favor? Okay, it is carried. Okay, also in front of us we have the minutes of August 8th regular council meeting. So you had a chance to review those. Are there any um, suggested needed edits? If not, would someone care to move the acceptance of those minutes? Uh, thank you, Mr. Ford. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Thank you. Okay, public hearings. We have none, but we have presentations. And uh, by the Economic Development Committee, their 2022 strategic work plan. So if you want to come forward, as many of you as you wish, um, we'll just get you to identify yourself for the record. And the microphone works once you press and turn it red and you just leave it on when you're talking. There you be. Perfect, thank you. So my name is Lane Gardner, I'm the chair of the Economic Development Committee. And I'm here just to present our strategic work plan that we've developed over a couple of meetings and uh, I guess answer any questions that you guys have. So uh, we met um, with uh, representatives of the town, so Tanya, Alicia, uh, went through the process of the strategic work plan, which it's identified there for you. So the, the group met the first time and we brainstormed uh, some ideas, things we'd like to see, things we'd like to try to accomplish and kind of took those ideas and condensed them into some bullet points of generalities so obviously they're pretty straightforward I can go through them um, and then from there we've taken those uh, priorities and we've broken our, ourselves up into uh, you know chair people of those things so we're not all working on the same ones all at the same time but uh, there are people responsible for them so obviously downtown revitalization um, facilitating entrepreneurship opportunities uh, tourism enhancement change the narrative and improve the business focused information regarding Peace River um, and then further down, obviously, it breaks down a little bit further some of the uh, some of the uh, actions that we're working on, uh, things that would be the, the committee's responsibility, town staff responsibility, and things like that. So it's uh, general but comprehensive at the same time, based on our, our numerous meetings. So I didn't get much more for instructions as to what you guys wanted to hear from us. So that's the, the basis of what it is. Obviously, if there's any questions or 
well, it looks pretty good, and you condensed it all into one page, which, which is even more amazing. But um, any questions, councillors? Councillor Boycha? Uh, well done, it looks really good. Are you guys connecting or collaborating with any other communities to uh, see what's working well with them? So we haven't yet, because of course we needed direction. We needed this to be approved by council before we can kind of run with anything. So it's in the, we obviously plan to collaborate with other communities, other organizations. Obviously we're not gonna try and reinvent the wheel. There's other, um, you know, tourism boards and there's other economic development committees and things like that. So it would be foolish for us to think that we, we wouldn't tap into those resources already. So uh, of course we've got lots of ideas and lots of enthusiasm and a group that's eager to get running, but until this is approved by council, we can't do too much yet. So this was this was focus number one. So yeah, perfect. Any further comments? Councillor Good? I just want to say thank you to you guys and the and the other members of the committee because this is one of the clearest, cleanest um, pieces of information in in the council some time. Very seldom do you have something come that's so just that so clear so concise and giving obvious direction I really really appreciate that I'd like to take credit but of course I mean Alicia was instrumental in kind of guiding us through the process we started out with just a flip chart with scribbled notes and things like that and we took those four or five pages and just kind of brought it all in and brought it into one so it uh, makes it easier for us too because of course there's lots of good ideas that were thrown out there so and you meet once a month Right. We do meet once yeah. a month. Yeah, I, I we have been right now because of course this was trying to get this done because of course we can't do much else until this has been ratified. So yeah, I, I'm sure that once we get going, we won't have to meet quite as regularly. But because I can't remember what the requirement was for the number of meetings per year, uh, seven, eight, eight. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but so far we have been meeting once a month. Yeah. Well, I, I was at one meeting. There was lots of good discussion there. So that was. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you've got um, people from diverse industries, I guess you, you'd say, in on your committee. Yeah. So that's probably a little helpful as well. Yeah. It's a good group. There's a good good mix of people, different uh, different backgrounds, different ideas, uh, different experiences, contacts, things like that. So yeah. yeah, I think that we're excited, and I, I hope the town is excited. Obviously, we appreciate the town's willing to. Uh, you know, support an initiative like that, and, and obviously it speaks volumes to to the town's commitment to economic development in Peace River, right? Which we heard lots of in the last election. So, yes, we definitely did. Yes. Um, so, um, council has been waiting with bated breath to see what the committee had come up with, and um, if there's no further questions, then what usually happens is we go through the or part of our agenda and you're first up on your new business for the town to ratify or not. So I have a feeling that will be within two minutes according to the agenda. So. Okay, fair enough. So, so thank hang tight and back there and wait till we get there. Yeah, yeah, thank you would thank like. You. Yeah. Thank you. <coughs> thank you. Okay, our, our next item, uh, bylaws, uh, we have none to deal with. Unfinished business, apparently we don't have any of that either. And now new business. So we have a request for decision on the Economic Development Committee's 2022 Strategic Work Plan. And Ms. Bell, your Thank you, Your Worship. Um, I don't believe I need to go through the report at all. It's presented as per the presentation from our Chair, Lane Gardner, uh, for Council's review, uh, adoption, and approval, or if you so choose, any adjustments or amendments? Okay. I'm trying to get 
the screen here, but it's happening. Um, councilors, um, any um, thoughts to adjusting this uh, or asking further questions of the committee on this plan? If not, I would take a motion of uh, Councillor Shannon. I'll move that we accept the, the um, strategic plan from the Economic Development Committee and, and ratify it for ratification here tonight. Okay, so that would be the 2022 uh, strategic plan. Sounds good. Any further discussion? All those in favor then? Opposed? It is carried. Well, thank you and onwards. <laughs> yes. Thank you again though. Okay, our next item for our agenda, we have a request for decision from Community Services, request for a new full-time equivalent position for a home support aid. And speaking to this would be Ms. Bell. Thank you again, Your Worship. Um, there are a number of points or uh, components to this particular ask. Firstly, I'd like to bring to Council's attention, especially new members of Council, the organizational staffing policy. Um, and I hope you had a chance to review that. This policy was set by Council a number of years ago, and it is the the tool that any new FTEs are created under, which is linked directly to Council's authority, and, and it's Council who creates these positions. So that is there attached for your reference. Also, all of our policies are publicly available. I slid that into the report also just to um, make Council aware that you can see all of the Council adopted policies available on, on our webpage through CivicWeb. Um, Attached for your information and review is a full needs analysis which is based on the organizational staffing policy. So just to step back a moment, the background to this uh, request is we have a home support program that provides services predominantly to our senior clients, but it is the program is available for individuals <coughs> with medical or uh, conditions that require some assistance in maintaining their independence in their home. If we can keep individuals within their home environment as long as possible before they have to move on into assisted or other type of living arrangements, uh, the benefit to the individual and family can be considerable. The FCSS program funds this uh, senior services program, the home support program, and the actual individuals who go in and do the light housekeeping, friendly listening, and advocacy in the home are called home support aides. Right now we have uh, approximately two casual positions. It's varied over the years depending on the number of clients that we've had and the number of hours that we need to fill. Sometimes we've had one casual, sometimes three. It's varied. Um, approximately 35 hours, 30 hours uh, is going to one casual individual right now. Um, we've had some incredible instability in this staffing model for this program for the last five years. Um, when I asked our HR to pull the statistics, it equated to 14 different individuals in five years. Um, our clientele have not been, they've been very understanding, um, but it's not a great situation for the clientele. Uh, change is not a great situation for some of our clients. Uh, some of them have higher needs and the constant turnover and change has, it's not, it's not been great for anyone. The other biggest issue is we have a staff member, the senior services coordinator who is spending an exorbitant amount of time of 
retraining and retraining and recruiting and retraining over and over. So we did look internally at are there things that we can change? What can we do a little bit differently to stabilize this program and stabilize the uh, situation for this particular um, program area? Um, doing an analysis of why individuals left, the predominant reason was they are holding multiple part-time positions and usually they were able to get more full-time work or more stable work elsewhere as opposed to a casual part-time position with us. So what we're proposing is um, expanding, taking the existing hours for the casual positions and creating a one FTE, so a full-time equivalent, and it becomes a permanent position as opposed to casual. I'd like to qualify this with permanency doesn't equate to keeping somebody for more than a year or two, but it could be a potential stabilizing factor for the the employee that's attracted to this type of position. They're not typically getting permanent positions elsewhere. They're typically piecing together casual positions to get full-time, if not full-time plus hours at multiple locations. A lot of times through AHS or some of the other care facilities within the community and, <coughs> excuse me, immediate region. Um, so we know this isn't the perfect that this will not solve fully this particular attraction and retention problem but we've identified it as increasing our chances as it were of maintaining a staff member for longer than we have been over these last five years um, the attached needs analysis gives you as per the policy all of the requested information uh, gives you an overview of the service which I've mentioned um, again we are taking there's no change of hours there's no change of a request for more hours per se it's taking the existing hours and turning them into a permanent position so what we're requesting is the permanent position and that change is really the cost of the benefits not the cost of the wage or the cost of the existing hours those already exist <coughs> in the budget as is um, that we don't see a direct link to a service level change. The intent is that we're hopefully maintaining a, a solid service level is what we're looking for, not necessarily increasing service level. It's just being able to maintain a service level. And again, the issue that we're attempting to address is some stability within in the program. And trying to save my home support uh, services coordinator a little bit of time <laughs> so because that 1.5 hours of um, or the 1.5 estimated cost of 1.5 times the position salary that includes a ton of the senior services coordinator time it calculated into that amount um, again budgetary impacts we're looking at the benefit expense. There is some benefit costs already calculated into our uh, budget for the home support program, but these would be additional benefit expenses such as pension, if they choose medical benefits, um, some of those other components, long-term disability, other pieces that are not currently funded in there. So it's approximately a $6,000 a year increase for the entire year. Um, I provide to you also an overview of this budget area. It does illustrate that we've always been under budget every year. That is predominantly due to 
the revolving vacancies that have come about. Um, but it does illustrate also that uh, even with adding this expense, we will be more than within budget and there should not be any overall significant impacts. Then, oops, I closed my report. That wasn't useful. One second. So for council's review, I provide you with uh, two options. Uh, the first option being approve the creation of one full-time equivalent home support aid position uh, and provide advantages and disadvantages as I've mentioned uh, already. Um, for this year's financial implications is approximately about $2,000 if uh, in theory we had it filled fairly soon and had any benefit expenses for the rest of the 2022 year. Option two is to defer this conversation to the 2023 budget deliberation process, which is another really great option and um, very appropriate. There could be an option three is to decline completely. Um, but option two provides council the opportunity to sort of compare against any other requests that may be occurring uh, from other department areas and in relation to possible other budget pressures that council may want to consider. Um, we do have a current staff member that is interested in looking for full-time work. That is part of the reason why I have brought this forward uh, today. So um, that is just a, a possible disadvantage that we may be seeking to fill the, a vacancy if it comes due again. And then we'll be up to number 15 over the last five years. Um, so presented for council, the recommendation from administration is to create this new permanent FTE for the home support program. Thank you. Um, first of all, um, we have learned, or at least I'm learning, that uh, the uh, costs of hiring and retaining and retraining uh, is significant. And I appreciate the thought that maybe with a few tweaks that uh, might be a person that stays longer, maybe not forever, but longer, and also saves other staff in their jobs in doing that entrance and exit kind of thing. But that's my opinion. Um, Councillors, comments? Councillor? Uh, I agree, the inconsistency of it. Um, I knew a person that actually had that job once who really enjoyed it and would have kept on had it been a, a full-time position. And uh, they mentioned that it was the consistency not only to the town but to the clients as well, that they need some kind of a, a consistency in who they um, are interacting with. So that's, a, that's another um, point. So what you're basically doing is taking two full-time and making one permanent. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Other comments? Okay, would someone care to uh, Yeah, I, I think it's important that we take a look at this. Um, and I'd like to, I think we should approve it. And the reason, for, a couple of reasons for that. Quality of life matters to people. And having some stability, not only in your job, but in, in a lot of people who work in, because I work with Northeast Housing, I know that kind of the demographic that likes doing this kind of work. And a lot of the jobs are casual without benefits, etc., so forth and so on. And you have families and you have that. So 
If we can do something that helps us retain somebody, gives us consistency in employment, also has benefit added benefits just by the benefit program, potentially added benefits for the employee's family, which gives them more stability, which gives them more stability in our community. I, I don't see where the loss is here, and I, I always hear the argument about casual positions. They're really good for one training people because you can try them out, see what they like. But you can do that with a probationary period too. The other thing is, it's good if you have a, a large number of people who don't want full-time work and want to work casual, because you can call them, do you want to work there, yes, no. And there are a number of people who fit that, that sort of demographic, but there's a large demographic of people who take casual work because it's the work that's available in the field that they want, as you talk about, and they work in two or three different places. And, I hesitate going down this road, but because what do I know? I'm a guy. But I have a lot of women in my family, and a lot of them talk about, and a lot of the women I work with talk about jobs that don't have benefits, and it, it seems to hit one gender more than another, if I can put it that way. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not the guy to be fighting this argument, maybe, but I see it, and I can't ignore it. So I think on a whole bunch of different levels, this makes an incredible amount of sense. Okay. Um, someone here to put forth a motion? Councillor Good. I would move that we approve the creation of one full-time equivalent home support aid position. Maybe with the rest of the wording in the recommendation, just so it's clear where it's coming from and stuff. As outlined in option okay. one. Maybe. Okay. Um, we recommend the creation of a new permanent full-time home support aid position as outlined in option one of the administration's report with the expenses and benefits from this created position being funded from the current FCSS seniors budget, 50-511. Thank you. Any further comments? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you, and uh, good luck with staffing there. Sure. I just have one question. Yeah. Actually, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, our next uh, item would be the request for decision on a lot consolidation, and Alicia will lead us through the, the details, I think. for a decision to council. Um, this is an administrative item that we're bringing forward. Uh, Planning and Development is seeking to simplify our lives uh, where we can. And one thing about the Town of Peace River is that we have many locations uh, where our lot lines and our development don't necessarily jive. We would like to do our best over time to improve that situation. A lot of those circumstances deal with road alignments, uh, historical surveying that happened in the early uh, part of the last century. Uh, and one circumstance where, that we've identified where we've decided to start because it's an area that is fully under the town's care and control um, is at the uh, Baytex Energy Center and the Peace Regional Pool. So that entire site 
is made up of 37 lots that were all part of the same subdivision plan. Uh, but two of those lots are municipal reserve lots officially, so they've got the MR designation on their land title description. And because of that, um, we would like to consolidate all of these lots because right now there's two large buildings, it's an, one, effectively one recreational site, um, and there's 37 lots, so it doesn't really correspond uh, what's been developed versus what the properties are. So we'd like to have those two things match up, but we can't consolidate while there's the MR designation on the site. The land titles won't allow that. It's against their procedures. So our option is to work with an Alberta land surveyor to consolidate the lots. It's not as simple a lot consolidation process is, as it would otherwise be. Uh, but before we can do that, we need to remove the MR designation. In order to do that, we need to follow the rules of the Municipal Government Act, which require that we advertise uh, this proposed change in MR designation and then hold a public hearing before council entertains that decision. So this is uh, administration's first ask the council if you would be supportive in principle of undergoing this process. Um, if you are, then we will proceed with the advertising and scheduling the public hearing. So we have two options. Uh, the first is that you instruct us to proceed with the process required by section 6471 of the MGA to remove the reserve designation from the two lots, which you can see highlighted in figure one, uh, for the purpose of consolidating the reserve lots. And this will aid in miscommunication for addressing illegal land description. Um, there are no financial implications. The cost of working with the surveyor will come out of the planning and development budget and it's already worked into that. Uh, option two would be to decline to proceed with this process. And it is our hope that you will provide us the, the uh, authority to proceed with the process and move it forward. I can take any questions. Thank you. Councillors, questions? Councillor Wojcik. Um. What's a possible consequence for making an error on the legal land description? It's not an error on the legal land description, but we've got so many lots, so where is the, what's the addressing tied to? What's the tax rule tied to? It, just from a filing perspective and keeping things in line in, internally in our own systems, it creates complication. So this is really coming from a, an administrative point of view and also wanting to, to clarify and have what is at land titles reflect what is also going on in our community. This is one site where we can do it. Uh, Good Shepherd School is an example of a site that's very similar in terms of their, that site is on, I'm not sure the exact number, but say 20 parcels there. We've got the curling rink that crosses property lines and is partly built on road allowance. There's lots of these areas that are complicated. And then when things come up, that complication can create its own red tape and complication in the future. So we're just trying to slowly remove. Okay, thank you. Other questions? Okay, someone care to put forth a motion on this? Okay, Councillor Carter. How, how does that ever happen, Alicia? I understood that if you were to build, if I want to propose to build a project that's gonna cross into two different properties that I had to put that property into one before I was able to build on it. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Best practice would certainly 
support but that. But is that yes. not town guidelines? Like, did they not insist on that? So how how did we build the rec center without having? I'm just asking. Like, yeah. How did that slip through? How come this wasn't done before it was built? Honestly, I mean, how it started back with the arena originally, I, I'm not really sure. I think that it's been one of those where they did it that way before and therefore it happened again. Sometimes following our own procedures can take a back seat when we're doing our own projects, um, which happens, I, when I say that, I have talked to many other planners who lament the same thing in their municipalities. It's just that it can be the way it is. It is definitely best practice to consolidate the lots before you develop. We are actually talking about having a specific policy that speaks to that so that it's very clear within our procedures so that going forward we are making sure that that happens on a regular basis. It comes up more often if you're dealing with a situation where you know that there's going to be different property owners at the end. Ultimately we do own all of the lots. so. And we are also the development authority and the subdivision authority. So some of the risks that would be created in those private circumstances are less in this circumstance, which is I think one of the reasons that it tends to happen. But we definitely don't want to encourage it and we'd like to to simplify and, and move forward in a better way. Thank you. So some red tape reduction. <laughs> Future red tape. Yes. Future yes. red tape reduction. There we go. Okay, any further comments, questions? Someone care to put forth a motion? Councillor Boychuk, what would your motion be? I'd, uh, I'll put a motion that council instruct administration to proceed with the process required by section 647, uh, section one of the Municipal Government Act to remove the reserve designation of R2, block 15, plan 4068TR and lot R2, block 14, Plan 406TR for the purpose of consolidating the reserve lots with the adjacent lots as requested by our planning department. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any further comments? All those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you, Ms. Modi. Okay, the next one, I think maybe you're up again. Um, the Northern Sunrise um, IDP for the Cannabis Production Facility. Yes, thank you. So I'm here presenting this briefing note, so this is for information only. Um, Northern Sunrise County has referred a development permit application to us for a cannabis production facility. This is required under our intermunicipal development plan, so what aspects of their planning process get referred to us and vice versa are all spelled out in our intermunicipal development plans with all three of our neighboring municipalities. Uh, this application falls within the discretionary cannabis production facility use of the county's land use bylaw, which is why it comes to us, because it is a discretionary use. If it was permitted, then we would not see it. Um, the development is at 85 Knox Road within the Sunrise Gateway Business Park. So if you look at figure one or figure two, you can see a circle on a parcel of land. That is the location that we are referring to here. Uh, the land is being developed in accordance with the Sunrise Gateway Business Park Area Structure Plan. Within that ASP, the land use concept identifies the future use of the parcel as service industrial. The ASP shows a uh, significant wetland on the subject. Oh, sorry, I think that that is um, left over from a previous briefing note. <laughs> there is no significant wetland on that subject parcel. 
sometimes copy-paste is not your friend. <laughs> um, the parcel is, or the proposal is consistent with the direction of our intramunicipal development plan. Um, the IDP future land use map identifies the, the lands as commercial slash industrial. Um, so the cannabis production facility is being located in an existing existing building. If you look at the development permit application and you flip to page five of that application, you can see an aerial image. Uh, it shows the building uh, that's relevant uh, in a red box. That is the building that it's located in. Um, the proposed development is has a license from Health Canada for microcultivation of cannabis. Um, Microcultivation operations are limited to a grow area of less than 200 square meters, and only one operation is permitted at a specific address. So they can't add an additional 200 square meters at 85 Knox Road. Um, the grow area for this proposed operation is three 46.56 uh, square meter sealed flower rooms that are located within the building. So the main building encapsulates those grow rooms completely for a total of 139 square meters. The current license is set to expire on April 29th, 2027, so it's issued for a five-year period. Uh, operations are restricted to and fully contained within the existing building on site. Uh, it will, the cannabis will be grown here, but it will not be processed here. The product will be shipped to a processor. The ventilation on site is engineered and approved by Health Canada. So obviously our primary concern in this case would be odor. However, because of the um, distance of the proposed development to the town, which is over four kilometers uh, in a straight line, uh, so the closest distance, uh, the prevailing wind patterns, which come from the northwest, and the size of the operation, the fact that the operation is fully enclosed within the existing building, and the provision of the ventilation system, uh, the risk of odor to the town is limited. Uh, so, on that basis, uh, we provided comment to, to Northern Sunrise County that the town has no direct concerns with the proposed development, provided that the development complies with Health Canada approvals, and in particular, that the ventilation and filtration systems be installed and maintained th throughout the operation of the facility. Now, we provided that, um, that, re or that response because our own intermunicipal development plan referral policy directs that when we receive the development permit, which is a discretionary use within one of our neighboring municipalities, uh, our typical response is no concerns uh, because we're at the point there where they're dealing with something that is completely within, under, within their authority and that is compliant with or consistent with the planning framework that they have in place. So it's not about amending a bylaw at that point. It's specifically about a development permit. Uh, so in the interest of reducing red tape, keeping development processes moving forward, we've decided that we're going to bring these forward to council for your information so that you're aware of what's happening on our borders without slowing down the development permit process unless we have a really strong reason to do so. And in this case, because of those factors, we chose to keep it moving forward. Because the development, or the IDPs are set up so that we have a limited referral timeline based on council meeting schedules, it's not always possible to meet that referral deadline while also getting something in front of council for a decision, in particular with the development permits, because that referral timeline is only 10, 10 working days. So if we get the referral at the exact wrong moment, then making it onto the agenda within that 10-day timeline doesn't work, um, which is ultimately what happened in this particular case. Uh, with our 
uh, and I'm going over this just because I think this is only the second uh, referral that we've received in this new council setting. So I just wanted to highlight it a bit more. Um, in the case of area structure plans, municipal development plan, land use bylaw, those bigger decisions that, is, that are before council and that are establishing the neighboring municipalities planning framework, there the referral period is 20 days. So it gives us a bit more time, means we definitely can get it onto a council agenda. And there we are providing comment for how they are establishing their development framework versus the development authority's decision. So it's a slightly different type of decision where you're talking council to council. I can take any questions. So, um, sorry, the, the maps are, are lovely, but whereabouts really is this? So if you were to go up the hill mm -hmm. and take your first left, and then you drive past the, sorry, past the first road, then you could turn left, you gotta go to the second one, turn, and then you go all the way to the end of that industrial so by Willie's, Willie's trucking turn north down there somehow. I actually don't know where Willie's trucking is, so that doesn't um, really It's in that general yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Sort of towards the agriculture grounds, but not on that road. Yeah. That is correct, yes. Okay. okay. Thank you. Um, Councillors, Councillor Boychuk. Where did they get the data saying that the wind comes from the northwest most of the time? Because uh, I, I googled this and there's major concerns about these odors from these areas and I hate for something mm -hmm. just up the hill to be blowing down to us non-stop. Like, there's tons of articles that they, and they're all approved by whatever. The Top Canada. Yeah. yeah. So as far as I know, I work at the mill. Very rarely do I see the stacks blowing towards town, they're always blowing north. So we would be getting that order up there as well. I would have to find my source on the the wind direction. Okay, that would be good to know. And uh, yeah, there is uh, something made mention in here that they have to have uh, ventilation systems, etc. Maintain or that the town is requesting that. Plus, it's probably a rule anyhow, right? Yeah, Councillor Good. Um, are there issues with cannabis processing places having odors? Yes. I haven't heard that. There, there could like very well be. It's just a question I'm asking. And point the, yeah. the councillor to Edmonton Airport with the Aurora facility, albeit that's a much larger facility. And having just dropped my mother-in-law off there on the weekend, okay. uh, and it was uh, fairly overpowering. Okay, but, but it was an open question. Yeah. I literally had yeah. Know. But in this case, uh, as Ms. Modi said, it's a, it's a micro operation, uh, and. I do not believe that the Edmonton facility has the scrubbers in place that they need to have. So this one here, I think if they can prove that they've got proper scrubbers to uh, remove or eliminate the odor, that that would be sufficient. But they would have to make sure those scrubbers were sufficient for that application. Um, Councillor Carr? Is this a second grow up, up in that area? Because there was a building built up there a couple of years ago for this purpose. And is that 
this that building? Or? This is this building, exactly. Oh, okay. yeah. they, okay. This is them finally getting to the point where they're actually getting their approvals from Health Canada. My understanding is that you they need to have that building. That building had to be constructed before the federal government would even look at their application. So uh, the town has already written a, a memo to them indicating basically your the, the last paragraph there with respect to the ventilation and so on. Okay. Okay, anything further to comment on or Councilor Boychuk? Uh, all summer long I've heard of how beautiful it is coming down our valley. I'd hate to have a nasty smell perceived as people come down our hill if you are community for person. I'm all for growth and stuff like that, but I would be very concerned about the smell of people get in their minds when they're first coming into Peace River for the first time. If I could just assist with that question and comment. Um, I pulled up, I was pretty sure we had done an analysis when we had uh, looking at building the Baytex Energy Center. And I did find our site analysis that was done by uh, BR2 um, architecture firm. The summer prevailing winds are coming from the east, no, west, sorry. <laughs> myself backwards uh, going west and prevailing winter winds are north so I think either way we're blowing away from the community based on the prevailing winds does that mean you wouldn't get some as we encounter some DMI moments I call them the money-making moments in town when you have that smell so um, I can share that with just send it email wise because it, it was a well done document that gave us that information. So just a note. And I'll just follow up on the kind of the IDP stuff a little bit. We could have drafted a much longer letter that would have outlined our concerns relative to odor. Um, ultimately at this point in the development process this uh, decision is within the county's authority. We could say we have all sorts of problems with it and they could say thank you very much for that information and still make their decision. So we have raised what is ultimately I think the primary concern around the table and let them know that that is our concern but uh, without delaying their process. I appreciate uh, Councillor Boychuk's uh, comments. I do think and know that Northern Sunrise is well aware of older concerns from some of its um, residents, maybe not in this immediate area, but the area. So hopefully they have uh, got their wind directions uh, working for us <laughs> mostly as well. So anything further because I think, uh, okay. So um, we would, um, do we need a motion here? Yeah. Okay, would someone care to um, yes, for information. Would someone care to move the council accept the report regarding the intermunicipal development plan referral from Northern Sunrise County for cannabis production facility microgrow operation for information? Councillor Carwell, thank you. All those in favor of that? Thank you. It is carried. Thank you, Ms. Moody. Okay, next up we have um, a um, thought about council facility tours and uh, 
CAO Bell, I think maybe you're talking to us about this or, yeah. I will be in a moment. Oh, I have to refresh. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, after some internal conversation, uh, we've identified sort of a gap in our orientation process for council. Um, typically what we've done is facility tours for council members. Usually we did a half day or a full day, load you up on a bus and drive you around town. We didn't have that opportunity this time and, and maybe that might be, you might thank us for that because it was usually a school bus. And, um, the process was a little long. What we thought we would propose is breaking up the tours into uh, a number of evenings, utilizing the one Monday a month or possibly two depending on, on the months uh, that we can hit, that we use some of that time to do some facility tours. Uh, we'd like to take council members to some of our immediate facilities that have either been upgraded or are potentially coming up for upgrading or replacement on your capital list over the next five years, provide you with a perspective of what that facility does for you and so forth and so forth. So provide you that basis of information and education. Um, the first location we are proposing for Monday, August 29th is the water treatment plant because we've had a, a most recent significant project there. There's a new lift station in Lower West Peace if we have time, and then also the new trail and some of the waterline works that's been done along Shaftesbury Trail. Um, so we are requesting council to approve and enable um, members of council to attend, and we're proposing three dates. August 29th is the first, September 19th the next meeting. Uh, next date, sorry, and October 17th as a third meeting. Um, we could also utilize these evenings for workshop sessions uh, to start discussing the strategic plan and components of it. And um, that would be sort of an additional component to the evening. So that part would probably last beyond the seven o'clock. It depends. Uh, we can work with all sorts of components of the evening. We can expand and contract. Well, personally, I think it's a good idea. Everybody deserves a <clears throat> tour of a wastewater treatment plant. Talking about odors. We're waiting until a little cooler weather. The wind's blowing right now. But, uh, Councilor, uh, what do you think? Yeah. August 29th, I have Rainy Peace Tourism <coughs> meeting. What time does that start? 6.30. So oh, maybe okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. that could make it work okay, somehow. Right. Well, sort of, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, if council kind of has a head nod with respect to this, would uh, someone move that council schedule and enable members of the council to attend the Town Peace River facility tours and workshops as follows, and the list would be part of the minutes. Um, Councillor Ford would. Okay, all those in favor? Great, okay. So that means next Monday. Correct. And um, no school bus, so we'll send you out more details in terms of when, where to meet, and uh, we'll go from there. Great, yeah. 
Okay, well, thank you and thank administration for kind of thinking of that. It'll answer some questions about some of the projects, I think, too. Some of the size of these projects is quite actually amazing. Okay, so I think we've done all of our new business, so now we're on to reports, and we've got two reports, the Economic um, Development Committee minutes of the um, June 14th and then of July 19th. Um, any comments from Shelley or alternate car on those reports? Good to go. Meeting I missed. Yeah, okay. One was in June, one was in July. Yeah, I think the one in June, we, uh, the one in June, we uh, basically just brainstormed, came up with different ideas of what, how we wanted to move forward as a committee, uh, put some just rough notes on paper up on a board and, yeah. and uh, yeah, just brainstormed. Came up with some really neat ideas and, several different directions from different people and yes yeah, it could be interesting but I, I think that was the biggest part of that meeting okay well got the the work plan now so that's good okay um councillor carr do you want to move the acceptance of the reports for information okay he so moves all those in favor it is carried thank you okay we're now on to some information items. Uh, the first one being um, Alberta Health Services notifications. It should, um, so this one is about a bed closure at Peace River Community Health, which was extended to the 28th. So that's the acute bed. They've also had uh, the OR closed at um, some time period, I think last Friday morning through last Monday morning. I just received a notice today that Grimshaw is having um, their OR basically closed for most <coughs> evenings this coming week except for I think uh, Thursday through Friday or something. There was a very one day in the midst of it all. So all of this is staffing shortages is what we're being told. I also received an email today from um, Doctors of Canada or something like that wanting me to fill in a survey with respect to these closures as best I could remember. So I'll do that, might as well add to whatever data we can. It's very unfortunate and you know, part of it goes back to that retention and attraction discussion that we had for home care aid. It's the same kind of idea, it's just different uh, section of our um, society, I guess. And plus, you know, Maybe there's, there's more to it too as well. I don't know, contracts and all that stuff, how it all comes to be. But anyways, we hope that uh, at least in September, maybe it starts getting back to normal because you know people have holidays in these professions as well, so that's part of it, but yeah. So anything further, uh, somebody wants to comment on the closures? Nope, okay. Um, the next item would be the um, Ministry of Justice, the Alberta Police Service, its detachment deployment model. So, um, this is the newest from the Minister of uh, Justice. Um, they have um, basically 
given uh, municipalities, I guess, a little more information about their um, their thoughts on the new uh, police service that would be provincially managed and uh, owned, I guess you could say. Um, this um, one says that <clears throat> they would um, up the number of officers in detachments to a minimum of 10. I saw that, and I thought I saw 12 someplace else in a different report. So if it's 10, it doesn't affect us. If it's 12, I think we're 10 and a half right now, so it could affect us. Um, they seem to be, you know, trying to say all the good stuff they're doing, but somebody did comment, well, this is really what we're seeing already with RCMP in a, in a great many ways. Um, the thing that uh, maybe is not too clear in here is how their uh, mental health and their social aspect of their service would change because unless they put more um, resources into that, it doesn't really help the uh, police that have to take, take somebody to Grand Prairie, can't find a bed, bring them back, all that sort of thing is not accommodated. And it's not accommodated the, the causes of some of the uh, uh, situations that they run into. But any anybody else commenting on this one? I got to do an interview with CBC also today about this, so hopefully I didn't follow up too much. But anyways, okay, so we've got uh, those two uh, things of information. Uh, the next one, we've got the Peace River and District Chamber of Commerce Annual Golf um, Tournament. So, this seems to be coming up here on the 9th, Friday the 9th. Um, get the, yeah, there's a nice little uh, poster that goes with this. Um, I, I guess this is asking if um, Peace River councilors want to participate in this. Um, I think somehow we already sponsor it, or at least we used to sponsor it under the grants to groups kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, we, we've looked into sponsorship options with uh, this particular event, and it's just at this point a, um, um, not a door, it was it a door print? Why am I having, sorry, the word is falling out of my brain. So, at, and we've done this quite often for a lot of organizations and events is provide a door prize for for their event. And, and we will, we will, administration is looking into an option to provide for a door prize. So this is really for council's information if uh, you'd like to throw together a team or just accept for information. Well, in reviewing our strategic plan, there is um, parts of that strategic plan which would say that this would be an opportunity, but um, it's on September 9th too, <laughs> so I don't know what council wants to do. Accept it for information or do something else, Shelley? I would suggest that we have a representative there. So that means somebody to participate or what? Yes, I would. I would think. I would think so. Or participate, or at least go to the dinner. I think it's important we so would you put forth a motion that uh, councillors be enabled to participate in this 
golf tournament. I don't think it has to be all councillors. I would suggest that whoever is the representative of the Chamber of Commerce, perhaps. I would suggest that maybe it should be a little broader, if possible, because then there's just more. But well, I was going to go to the middle. Yeah, I wouldn't support that. Mm -hmm. Would uh, with that motion, would we be able to possibly allow if the town administration or some of the employees, if, if they want to put four people in to go golfing, if it would, would that be acceptable? Acceptable as well? Probably no. <laughs> we've on, we've on like in the past, yeah. pre prior to this council, we uh, we did the. Uh, Victim Services Golf Tournament, and it was uh, uh, a couple of us from council plus yeah. a couple yeah. of staff that actually yeah, yeah, yeah. participated yeah. in. So, like, if, if if we have the opportunity, like, like Shelley says, to put in a team or even participate at the dinner, it doesn't have to be just council. It can be a mixture of administration and council. So, do you want to put forth a motion to clarify what you're? Proposing. Your Worship, just before you do so, you, you don't have to worry about adding an administrative piece to that motion because administration could utilize, we have other budget resources that we can access, but enabling yourselves is the important component. Yeah. Okay, um, Councilor Ford, would you put forth a motion of some sort? Maybe? Yeah, I'll put forward a motion to enable Council to attend the uh, Peace River District Chamber of Commerce uh, Golf Tournament. I just have a question. Are we going to put a monetary value on that or just, uh, that, that's not my only concern is why I said if it's open to all, like I don't think, no, it's, it's or how does that work? Okay. Or it's just like um, unlimited amount? Like how, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think you'll get all counsel there for one thing, but um, it's $90 per person, I don't think. 50. 50? 50 for the golf and a 40 for dinner. Yes. So 90 you stay for supper, I guess. How many might be able to go? Councillor Shannon? Another maybe over here? Uh, I, I might wait, depending if you uh, can So it's probably four at the most. I was just going to say a couple of different years, um, I remember town councillors a couple of them and then teaming up but they just yeah. throw you onto a team so we don't have yeah. to have a team you could just be which i think would be interesting to have the town councillors emerge right into the different businesses or whatever yeah okay so um council ford could you repeat your motion <laughs> uh yes i put a motion on the floor to enable town or town council to part participate in the Peace River District Chamber of Commerce golf tournament. Okay. And from side conversations, it looks like maybe three uh, at max would be able to attend, so that would be about $270. Well, I think you yeah. might want to make it four. I don't know that four could do it, but make it four, because if we can have a team, we can have a team. If we don't, we don't. But as Shelley says, it's two. They'll stick somebody with a team. but. <coughs> It gives us the openness, and I'm not sure that I think it's worth it to support it. So his motion does uh, allow that, I think, right yeah. now, because he just said town council. Right. Okay, other uh, comments? Okay, so we're clear on the motion. 
All those in favor of the motion? Opposed? It is carried. Okay, thank you. And uh, someone needs to figure out uh, when they need to enter this, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so have we covered all of the information items? And maybe we need to make a motion to accept uh, for information items. Um, let's see, Alberta Health Services, item two. Item three, Alberta Health Services, Grimshaw, Ministry of Justice. So those uh, three items, I think. For information, we we'll do that. Councilor Good? Great. All those in favor of that motion? Great, it is carried. Okay. Moving right along here. Notices of motion? None. Comments from the public? None. Key communication items? What's your thought? Um, thank you, Your Worship. So two key items are standing out to me. Um, now that the EDC strategic work plan has been approved, uh, putting that on the EDC page on our website and sharing that with the public, as well as thanking them for the feedback that we received on the survey. Um, and then after that, the second key communication item would be the removal of reserve designation uh, at the pool in Bay Tech Center. And following subsection 606 of the MGA in advertising the public hearing in association with that. And I'm open to any feedback from council if you want to highlight any other items. Um, did anybody paddle a piece that, that was this last weekend, was it not? Yes, yeah, it was full. It was full? Yes. So maybe that a bit. Um, what else is coming up between now and our next meeting? that we can think of. School starts, so school safety, but the school divisions yes. usually do that. Are you guys off to Calgary next week? No, um, September. September. <coughs> okay, that sounds about it then. So thank you and welcome back. Thank you. Okay, onwards to our um, next item, which uh, might be somebody, well actually let's take a break for um, till 6.10 and then we'll be back and somebody will move us into close.